Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts this week. We watched Deepwater Horizon, directed by Peter Berg and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. Deepwater Horizon is a dramatization of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil rig explosion that led to the worst oil spill in US history. 2010? Yep. Why is all the footage of the the stuff at the end so grainy then? Well, it's because it's, they're in like, well, I don't know, some government you know facility where the, there's like one camera in the courtroom and stuff. But what about this footage of the fire? I mean, everything at the end, it looked like it was set in the 90s. That was taken from a, um, like a... But it clearly wasn't because they were Skyping with each other. I figured it was fairly recent. But, but well, yeah, but the footage of the rig, the explosion was taken from like a, you know, like a Coast Guard helicopter. They, they weren't taking this footage to later be used in a movie. They pro- they were probably happy to store it, stand in definition and all that kind of thing. Yeah. It just looked like the the stuff at the end really threw me. And I remember, like, no, people didn't have like really good iPhone cameras and stuff back then. People had like they were skyping each other. I know, but they didn't. They, the cameras were not like this. wasn't like full on high def. Was not a normal thing for regular people and some to of have. That was news footage, and also um, the photos of all the individual people as well. Like all the people who died, they were really kind of low quality photos. Well, they probably were because that was like predates the iPhone four. Yes, but it doesn't predate good cameras. <laughs> well, no, but like they're also their family pictures, and it's meant to look like. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've made it look a bit, you know. Grungy? Yes. I, I thought it was a stylistic choice because I was like, honestly, this is getting mm. ridiculous. This all looks like it came yeah. from the 90s. Well, and because also I think they're, um, like, you notice they never say based on a true story or even inspired by true events, even though it is inspired by true events and they're, they're clearly referencing a real thing that happened. Well, like they made yeah, everybody. that was pr- pretty clear from the, I mean, it was very heavily dramatized. Yep. And the fact that, um, Everyone got much better looking actors than they. It's so funny when they showed the pictures of the real people at the end, and you're like, "Wow, casting department, good job, spot on." Well, I can I can only imagine that like um the the real people must be like, "Whoa, Marky Mark is going to play me," and his wife is like, "Whoa, Kate Hudson." I think the guy who was played by Kurt Russell got the best end of that deal. (laughs) The guy who played by who was played by Kurt Russell could not look less like Kurt Russell. (laughs) Like he's just the sort of this round, like round-faced kind of right. I was, I feel, yeah, that cracked me up. I yeah. was just like, no, there's but, no way that guy looks anything no, like No, but presumably it's a Hollywood decision. Presumably people who actually look like they did, which is to say like normal people, wouldn't, you know, but if they hired actors that looked like that, they probably wouldn't be actors who could get the movie funded for them. I understand that, but I mean, I, I think you could have like a couple of like, you know, much more attractive people in certain well, roles and then put, like, regular-looking people well, in the like, others. I mean, Gina Rodriguez is, like, obviously gorgeous and stuff, but she she actually has some resemblance to the lady yeah, she's she playing. Does. Yeah, Like, they, they look, you know, they've got both got kind of a round face and dark hair. I know, hair that, and, that's kind of why know. I was like, well, you've got that casting is all right and then you've got this Kurt Russell business going mm. on. Like, that one. And I can forgive putting Marky Mark in the lead because, again, like, you mm. need the names. You need to draw people in. But exactly. I don't think people were being drawn in by Kurt Russell. I don't think he was a big draw for people. And I also think, I mean, he, I actually thought he was great in the movie, but he looks nothing like the guy he's playing mm. at all. He couldn't be less like that guy. Yeah, um, it, it is kind of funny, but then I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Like, I feel like they did a pretty good job of it. Actually, I was too. I was not expecting much. No. Um, this is the time of year when we go to see movies because Katie says Dylan O'Brien and Gina Rodriguez are in it. And it was. It was really good. Like, it was – It was. I think they 
there was some periods of time where they kind of dragged it out a little bit. Um, but they did a really good job of explaining how the drill worked. I was mm. really impressed with that. Like I felt like I came out of that with a much better, un- better understanding of how, um, the oil drilling process works and what exactly went wrong. All of that was laid out very clearly in, in something that's clearly quite complicated. Yes. Um, and that was really clever. And they didn't, they didn't dumb it down too much either. Like mm. you, when you first get on the rig, they talk in their jargon, in their professional jargon, and I could not understand a lot of what they were saying, but it becomes pretty clear pretty soon what's going on here and that, like, the engineers and the people who run the rig want to make want to be extra careful about safety because they are, you know, they're experienced and they want to do the job right and they know that things can go wrong and it can be very dangerous. And the BP folk are like, nah, whatever, it's fine. And John Malkovich is hamming it up as the... Cajun villain. Yeah, of this piece. the most insane accent I've ever heard come out of his mouth. It was so distracting. Like if he had just done his, even if he'd done his normal cultured New York accent that he has, it would have been better than the fake weird Cajun he was doing because it was just awkward. It'd be interesting to see footage of the actual that actual guy talking yeah, and see I, what he sounded like. Yeah, it was because his last name was also quite unusual. The guy that he was playing. Um, so I'm. I mean. It's entirely possible that his accent, that the guy he's playing's accent was quite unusual, especially mm. when you hear that, um, when, when you listen to the footage of the, the, um, trials and the investigations, mm. the, a lot of them have very, yeah. And because they're, accents. and they're based out of Louisiana and Texas. So they are very much, they have Southern accents. They're all working class. They haven't moved around or anything. So their accents are very much regional and from, mm-hmm. from the place they're from, which, and, the, and that's fine. And they sound kind of, like Mostly the real right. Mike, the Williams. Mike Wahlberg, <laughs> um, Mike Williams. Thank you. Um, the real one guy had a much stronger accent mm. than Marky Mark was doing in this movie. Yeah, but it was obvious that Marky Mark was doing an accent. It was really obvious that Kate Hudson was doing an accent, who playing his wife. So. Yes. Um, but like they weren't. They were making also still making it very clear what they were saying. Mm. Um, I I did actually like how they managed to get these accents in, but also enunciate really hard mm. so that even though they were doing the accent, we could understand a lot of the yeah. dialogue. Oh, yeah, like the cement test. <laughs> yes, stuff like that yeah. where, where it was like, clearly if you were really listening to these guys, it would be a lot tougher for you and I to understand them. Mm. But the the actors kind of yeah. did a good job of making it. They, it's, it's a really good film for taking something that was real and making it just kind of unreal enough to work as a Hollywood film. Yeah. Um, I was uh, surprisingly, like, it really goes along. I was, I looked at my watch maybe once or twice, but every time I looked at my watch, I was like, whoa, we've gone really far into this movie. Well, you looked at your watch at exactly the time that I was thinking it was getting too slow, which was right before the big explosion mm. happened. Um, Right before the disaster happened, it just goes on for too long with the, uh, like, I know they want to make it clear to us what's happening, but they explain over-explain it just a little bit, mm. um, trying to introduce all the characters and, and they keep saying the same things. Yeah. And um, But but as soon as it starts getting slow, then the big event happens and from then on it's not slow. So that was, I think, maybe a necessary pause, like mm. a necessary kind of everybody is understanding what's going on, we're all down with it, we all know what's going on, let's get into it now. Yeah, yeah. Moment. So I, I just found it, yeah, went along fast. But also, uh, and here I probably want to – give like an accessibility warning if you haven't seen it and you're already listening to this um, and you have issues with white flashing lights and and um, move um, and lots of shaky cam and stuff that it might be a problem for you. But I normally have an issue with shaky cam. Well, I've 
you know, I'm not great with in terms of motion sickness and things like that. I had, and this was a lot of movement and a lot of stuff, but I actually f- didn't have trouble with it. The I only could thing always... that I found frustrating with that stuff was um, that I couldn't tell who was who mm. a lot of the time. Yeah, and a lot of the like Dylan O'Brien and all his gang were all covered in oil, and you just couldn't and mud and, and all stuff. white guys with some facial hair. And, yeah, I mean, it, it was really tough to. Pick and out everyone who was, was who. in the same sort of boiler suits and and hard hats and stuff. Um, so that was a bit hard. It was hard to sort of tell that, but I think it's kind of the point of the thing is that there you do sometimes you you can't always see everything and everything's kind of happening and coming at you and you don't always know exactly everything that's going on, but you can tell there's something going wrong. It kind of because the experience that the the crew has coming off the chopper because they come off the chopper and the and the other crew is leaving earlier than they would have been expected to and nobody can hear anybody because the chopper's going and the all. It's a ears. different crew. So that crew yeah. was, I think, the external safety checkers the schlumberger people ah okay um were, were i from what i could tell there were external safety checkers who were brought in to do the safety checks and then the bp people went no go home early we don't need you and they didn't do the crucial check to make sure that the disaster wouldn't happen and they also didn't hand over to the new crew that were coming in to tell them exactly what they'd done he has to run around trying to find out if anyone's done a cement check mm-hmm. and nobody knows because they didn't debrief the other crew they didn't hand over to the new crew so you kind of get the feeling of what it must have been like for them as well mm-hmm. uh, because you also have issues around command structures and chains of command and Gina Rodriguez like does the right thing and takes initiative calling in a May Day. She goes to shut down a major valve and stuff like that, a major pipe, a, a drill or something. And um, But there's a man who outranks her who's there who says, no, you can't do that, but he won't make the decision to do it or not to do it until somebody else signs off on it, until he – and then, like two minutes later, he's in himself is going. Oh wait, we need to call in a mayday, and she's like, "Yeah, no shit." Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's all these kind of interesting cross currents of bureaucracy and shit going wrong, and like the um the captain's just been the BP guys are out there because they're giving the captain a safety award, but also they're out there because the thing is way over time, and they're getting the hurry up from their corporate overlords, and so they're kind of hassling the contractors who've been brought in to do the thing. So I think to be on there would to be in a state of confusion. So it actually works for the movie to have the camera move around a lot and you kind of, you have to, you really feels very immersive. It does feel very immersive. And I also thought it was really impressive how um, engaging the film is. Mm. Like that they take these characters and they make them engaging, not by making them exceedingly heroic or making them, you know, super special or anything. They're just, like everyday people who like they show you the people that they love and everything but not in a schmaltzy way i was kind of getting frustrated with the flash the crosses back to kate hudson's character Mm. because i hate the worried wife cliche it's such a painful difficult cliche like i i can't wait for the movie where that they make that's just all the worried wife at home none of the action just her sitting at home not knowing what's going on for the entire movie Mm. because like unless you're going to give us that you're not really giving us their perspective on this you know They're trying to give us this perspective, but all it does is serve to, like, oh, the women are at home waiting, kind of that sexism issue. Mm. Um, Kate Hudson is better than that. Yeah. Every actress that has ever played that role is better than that. I watched Sully recently, and they put Laura Linney in that role. Ugh. And she doesn't even get any time with Tom Hanks in that movie. And you're like, Laura Linney is better than that. These mm. people should not be having to sit around at home and cry on the phone for two hours of a movie. They did it's Kira Knightley in that Everest movie as well. Yeah, the one we didn't We never actually seeing. saw that, but that from the trailer, that's what they do. She's home and pregnant too, of yeah. course. And I understand that, like, you know, a lot of the time this is real life and that is real people, but 
you if you if you're going to do that you've got to commit to it more than just being like oh he's got a worried wife at home um it's such an awful cliche i just can't stand it it's such a frustrating cliche mm. and and cuz they never do anything either yeah although i did like and it seems like this was almost um almost what really happened i did like that they were on the on skype together just as like disaster struck. Well, it's, it does seem like that, yeah. That, because that, he says I, he was on like, the phone to his wife. That's one of those wonderful sort of you couldn't you know write that story. You, mm. Real life just served up something that's better than fiction. So that was I did like that they included that bit because you can only imagine what that must be like. I mean, they don't do obviously as you say they we don't fully get her perspective, but to have seen that from her end, to see her sitting on there and, and saying, "Wow, did the lights just go bright?" and then bang and then everything disappears and you can't call it that was fascinating yeah that was really cool actually i thought if if they could have even pushed that further and had her just trying to call people and stuff and figure out what was going on Mm. for a little while and then cut back to what was happening to really ratchet up the tension and then that would put us much more in her position and 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 also you know you get to see her taking initiative and stuff by the time we cut back to her taking initiative, we've been taken out of the moment too much. Yeah. So, like, and we know that sort of what's going on. Yeah. And um, but what, but what she's actually doing is a good little story in itself. She's calling the other wives, and the wives are starting to panic, and they're gossiping amongst themselves, and they're sharing information that may or may not be true that they don't know about. Like, and they just and they're freaking each other out. See, that's why I think it would be great to have mm. a movie that was just their perspective. Mm. It would be really interesting, and it would be very different to all this thing. I mean, I know we like the action and stuff, but like, if you're going to do that perspective, do it properly. Stop giving us this wailing wife nonsense. Yeah, um, it's just it is really frustrating and upsetting. I did like that their reunion though with Mark Wahlberg was when he was crying and he was broken on the. I really mm. liked that because that kind of like upends the stoic heroicism nonsense that uh, again you didn't see sully but sully um is directed by clint eastwood mm. and it plays right into that like it is it is a celebration of male stoicism that movie um and it was you know yeah. well directed and stuff and, and tom it, hanks is good in it but it is very much that kind of he run he has ptsd in this movie and he basically just runs it off yeah he goes for runs and he's fine yeah he won't go see a shrink he won't do any of that stuff and and this was i think much more true to the kind of actual feeling of ptsd even in the two seconds yeah. rather than the two hours well, because the other movie you did see it, it among in other characters as well like the other the parents of the kids or the men who don't know if they've come back mm. and they are losing their shit and they're losing their shit at the guys who have survived it as well that actually makes like emotional sense that a real person who has had no information and no one will tell them anything just like grabs on to anything they can that that makes sense as well um and that 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 sort of experience of trauma and the other the other guys on the boat and the and Gina Rodriguez and stuff the reactions seem quite real like John Malkovich's character basically freezes up. Mm-hmm. He's there on the floor when the first explosion of oil comes out and he is covered in oil and he, like, it, it, it's hard to really know exactly what happened, but it seems like he has realised what's gone wrong mm-hmm. here and he freezes and he just kind of... Well, I thought that was really powerful and interesting because yeah. he is such a talker for the beginning of the movie. He's always talking. He's always trying to kind of charm everybody else, mm. you know, into seeing things his way and stuff like that. And as soon as there's a problem, he just can't 
function. Mm. You know, he doesn't talk. I think the fact that he says only a couple of lines after that happens is really interesting. Yep. And he's a good enough actor that that works. Mm. Um, in spite of the bad accent, he's a good enough actor that that transition, that change in him is really interesting and works really well. He is basically shell-shocked. And he comes up into this box and, and Gina Rodriguez and the other dude are there and he's like, what happened? And they just kind of stare at him and it's this kind of interesting moment. He just has no idea. Mm. Um, and he also – but he's got enough sense of responsibility to go onto the bridge. Like they tell him to get to the get to the um, the lifeboats and he does eventually. But he, you can actually see that he's wrestling there. He's saying, this is partially our fault. We made this call, and well, no, it is your fault. Yeah, but I think it was the other two guys who get done for man, get indicted for manslaughter, and not him. But um, he's like, this is our fault, and he has he feels a strong sense of responsibility. The other two guys are like on the first lifeboat out of there. Yeah, that's They're true. Done with it, and he is like, he ma- he actually not the first lifeboat actually because you see them a couple of times afterwards. Yeah, but he 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 makes the he's you can see how he's responded to this, and if it just did, it felt very. Emotionally real, and yes, the actors are much better looking, and yes, I don't think well, that they the, went up to the John Malkovich's case and the other guy's case. It, it wasn't actually true. Yeah. They were bigger, and there was this one guy with the most fabulous nose. Yeah. Um. That like every time I saw him, I knew exactly who he was because yeah. he had that nose, which was really helpful to me mm. in this particular movie. Um. But he, that's why I said that they weren't on the first lifeboat because I remember seeing him reacting to the guy in mm. the crane, which was one of my least favorite things about the movie. Oh. But you know the crane guy. Yeah. Um. He watches that happen. So there's yeah. been a couple of lifeboats that go out before that happens. Yeah. So and and there's this actually really good moment, one of my favorite moments. Marky Mark saves a guy. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be able to call him. Uh, anything I could. Else. I could. I don't even know what their name. I mean, he was Mike Williams or something, but I don't even know what their names were. It was easier to remember. Dylan them. O'Brien's character name. And yeah, and Hollywood no or idea. something. And um and yeah, they called Kurt Russell. A couple of Kurt times. Russell was Mr. Jimmy. I think on his they had their names written on their hard hats. And I think um Dylan O'Brien's character's last name was Holloway, so they called him Hollywood. Um, but he was also singing a lot. I thought that might have something. Yeah, to do with I it. couldn't remember Mark Wahlberg's name, and I couldn't remember Gina Rodriguez's character name either. Um, there's a moment when um when Kurt Russell says say hi to Felicia for me. And I was like, who's Felicia? And it took me a minute it's to realize it's his wife. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't, that's Kate Hudson. Who's Felicia? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's such a, like, a, it, I know that that is the real woman's real name, but it's also, it's a bit of a meme, you know, like, bye, Felicia. Well, I went through that and then my, oh, my yeah. brain just goes, bye, Felicia and Felicia Day. Those are all the yeah. Felicias I know of. Um, So, yeah, it, it's not the best kind of, mm. uh, they don't interu- introduce them properly. I couldn't tell you the daughter's name if I tried. I think she was Sydney. I think they talk about it at some point. Okay. I think um, at some point Mark Wahlberg yells at somebody, my wife's name is Blah. My, yeah, is, yeah, is he Blah. does. Oh, Gina it's Dil- Rodriguez. Yeah. And we're getting, and I'm getting off this boat to see them again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't like that moment so much. But no, the moment that well, I really I liked. I think that was not a real moment because if you listen to the end when he's at the tri- at the inquiry afterwards talking, he said he sw- he was in the water and he found her in the water. Hmm. So it seems like um, what really happened is that they both jumped separately. Yeah. Um, but in the movie they dramatize it by taking them up to the heliport. Everything's burning behind them and she's scared and they have to like – That annoyed yeah. me. But I want to go back to the moment I did like before I go into some of the moments yep, I didn't sorry. like. Um, there's this bit where he finds a guy who's injured – and we think he's dead, but Marky Mark goes through all the right procedures and he helps him out and he takes him up to the lifeboats. And there's this guy who's panicking and he, and, and he said, um, Marky Mark says to him, a Dougie, 
It was called, the guy was called Dougie, the, the hurt guy. And he says, Dougie's really hurt. This guy's really hurt. We have to get him on a lifeboat. And the guy turns around, who's trying to get on a lifeboat. And he goes, I don't give a damn. And in any other movie, that guy would be a villain immediately, yeah. right? He would be a bad guy. He would be the guy that you have to then fight to get this other, save this other person. Mm. But Marky Mark just says to him, okay, calm down. We're going to figure this out. We're, you know, this guy is really hurt. You were friends with him. We, you know each other, you know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then he calms the guy down and the guy goes, okay, okay, we'll get him on the boat. And it's such a good moment. It really tells you who Marky Mark is, but it also tells you what, that this movie has a, genuine belief in humanity mm. and in like people trying to do the right thing when there's a crisis and things like that it's this perfect kind of encapsulating moment of the film of the film's kind of thesis on people yeah that like people make mistakes but in this moment once he realizes that this person is really hurt that it's you know somebody that he knows and that the right thing to do would be to help him onto the boat and he that you know, um, they have time and stuff like that. Then he comes down and he helps and he does the right thing. And I loved that. That was such a good little bit. It was know? also really good for the guy who says, I don't give a damn, because it shows like a true reaction to trauma, yeah. but it also shows that like it's just a panic reaction. So, right. and, and it shows like the complexity of it, that some people's reaction is, I don't care, I'm just getting myself out of here and this is all that matters. But, but then it also he changes shows that when yeah. he comes well, down. The, and what this again. movie did was actually give me a lot of respect for, and I, I mean, I already knew this, but it sort of really show, really gives you a lot of respect for, like engineering safety protocols, mm -hmm. because it's a really it's a dangerous environment, and everybody on the ship knows that on the on the rig knows, apart from the BP executives, it seems everybody on that whole crew really understands that this is a dangerous environment and that double checking and doing your safety procedures and following all the rules is what will save your life. And I that I found that really impressive because I mean it's obviously on the side of the guys doing the work. And I think it's um I think there was a lot of like when this happened, it most of the the ire is correctly directed at BP because mm -hmm. it is their fault. But this also gives a lot of truth of there were real people out there that day tr doing their best mm. and they kind of got caught up in this situation that just, you know, they lost control of quicker than they knew what they were, what was going on. And, and I thought I that think, was good. Um, the everyman nature of Ethan Suppley's character really helps with that. Yeah. Like he's just kind of a dude doing his job, but he is very, very um, into the caution and, and he will stand up to the BP guys a couple of yeah. times. They grind him down, but he, he really stands up to them a couple of times, even though he's so far down the ladder from them. Mm. Um, and I, I liked that character too. I thought yeah. that was really good that it, they humanize him so much and give him so much kind of, uh, power. Yeah. Within that character, the, the, of all the characters, you know, he's the only one who dies, I, I'm pretty sure, out of the, of the sort of known actors. Yeah, yeah. And he, he is so kind of humanized by, and he also is dies saving someone else's life as well. So he's yeah. really quite, um, I really liked that it's not overdone. Well, he it was, doesn't make him too heroic, but it makes him a guy who really kind of knows his job, but he's, you know, he's still kind of not the brightest and he's, but he's just trying to do his job. I liked that about. Yeah. That. Well, it's definitely a, a love letter to like, old-fashioned dirty work like like but with his character though i um i really like the way he was introduced because you get this real sense of people who are stuck in an isolated space all alone because 
they he comes in, the, um, Mr. Jimmy comes in and he says something about money and they've all got the chorus to the song, money, yeah. like down pat, including the harmonies, all that kind of thing. So they've got this, there's this, you come in and there's a real sense of this is a running joke. These guys have been on this rig on, together for like way too long and they know each other way too well. Kind they of do that a lot of the time too. All of the little, they like the whole time Mark Wahlberg is, is traveling through the ship. He does that with everybody, you know. Mm. He's he's reintroducing himself to everybody, but he's introducing us to all these characters with these like running jokes and these things that they do to keep themselves entertained. There's a guy who's practicing his golf swing, you know. Everybody's kind of doing their little everyday things to keep themselves entertained. Yeah. Um, and it does. It's so humanizing. Um, which is why there are a few moments of movie style grandstanding that just grated on me. Um, one of them is the crane thing because of the American flag uh-huh. constantly in shots uh-huh. in that crane bit is so gross. It is such a Hollywood thing. It is so frustrating. Like when we watched San Andreas and they did that at the mm. end of it, you know, it's such an unnecessary, mm. like only American people would save other people's lives. And you're like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think if he- it's a celebration of humanity, then celebrate humanity. Don't just celebrate American Christians, which is very much what this movie kind of right. ends uh, well, up doing. So it kind of makes sense in the location that a lot that, like you said to me at the end, everybody knows the words to the Lord's Prayer. And I'm like, of course, everybody knows the words to the Lord's Prayer. I'm assuming they do write in if you don't, because I just assume that most people in like um, the Western world would know that. But, the reason they're doing that is because all the main guys are like white Southern Christians, right? Yeah, and so it make uh, that to me made complete sense. I'm it probably sure that really they happened. Did it. Yeah, but the other um, I that was actually not where I was starting at though. But um, I've lost my train of thought. But yeah, I I mean, it did do that. I think on an offshore. Oh, this is where I was going. On an offshore oil rig, the crews are a lot more multinational than that. Mm-hmm. Like there are, it, it there would be, um. Because of the location, that would it would probably be a really good employer for certain people who live nearby. But those kind of jobs, because they're so specialized and dangerous, they tend to attract people to them. So they attract like lots of people who've got the skills or who want to do that kind of dangerous work. So they would attract like a really multiracial, multinational crew more than ne- is necessarily shown. Yeah, I I don't know if it was all entirely accurate to the people. Like I understand that a lot of the people on the ground would be. Um, from the area um but i feel like at least at the higher levels there would be more different people um yeah rather than the just like the white everyman kind of characters yeah. I, I mean, um, i'm it's, I'm unsure because of in such a an, an industry that is so like white male dominated it's not surprising to me that all the bosses are white and male yeah um and and also the fact that there is only one woman on the rig also not like that would also probably be accurate i like that the, before that he makes a special point to shoot a female mechanic before they get on the yeah, rig. Um, refueling the, the helicopter. And the people who take the calls in the Coast Guard and women mm. as well. Yep. I like that. Um but yeah, no, the um putting all that aside though, the the Americanism that shooting the flag, mm. showing the flag a couple of times when he's doing the crane heroic yeah, moment. And it do- and-, and this is a guy that we I don't think have met before. Yeah. This is a guy that suddenly shows up to just do this one heroic thing. It's straight out of like Independence Day or something. And I just thought this movie was better than that. And we didn't need to see the flag three times. And also it would have burned up. Like the flag never burns up. And I think that maybe there's something there about they didn't want to desecrate the flag, but it yeah. would have. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's impossible that it did not burn up in that. Yeah. There's so many problems that I have with that. 
bit. Um, the other bit that I don't like is they basically damsel Gina Rodriguez at the end of it just to give Marky Mark a heroic moment. Yeah. That was very annoying and Which upsetting. They- that was totally unnecessary. Damsel Dylan O'Brien instead. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. have him be the damsel. He could easily be the well, guy who's like, oh, no, I don't want to jump. Like, because his character seems to have an interesting story where he's like, he wanted to be an architecture, st- like, he wanted to be an architect, right? And he had this free ride scholarship and he's on this boat. And the implication is, because we see him at the end with a partner and a child, is that, that he and his girlfriend got pregnant. And My brain just, like, went completely, it, like, short-circuited when that happened. And I'm like, no, no, he's not old enough to have a child. What are you talking about? Even though I know technically Dylan O'Brien is old yeah. enough to have a child, well, my brain just short-circuited. He's got this small child. And, and to me, the implication was he didn't go to college because his girlfriend got pregnant and he went and got a job on the oil rig because it's a good job. He made lots of money, He, you know. And people keep making fun of how dumb he is. But he just kind of wants to fit in with yeah, the other guys, but, and then he he explains that he is actually very smart. Yeah, but and he but he's also he's just not like he he's the artsy like weird one. He is in in a lot of ways coded feminine. But um, there's a really interesting thing about that as well, which is that when he is kind of playing dumb with the other guys, um, just because of the casting, I was like, but he's not dumb. Like you know, just because of like the actor playing him and and how good he is and stuff like that. You're just watching him going, but you know that he's not a stupid also, person. Also, he seems to have a and position of responsibility exactly. among his crew. And the fact that he ends up not being, like, that, that that they change that kind of narrative later is really interesting. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense to put that mm-hmm. actor in that role in that. Yeah. But, you know, I like him, so. Yeah. but <laughs> it's part of the reason we saw the movie. I, I also like that, um, that, that story of, like, just a, of the kind of people who get caught up in this, mm-hmm. that – it's not taking a cliched view of who these people are. And for most of the movie, apart from that one, that last scene on the helipad, with Gina Rodriguez's character, they don't they don't take a cliched approach with her either. Mm. Like, Well, she is a kind of role that you could easily see um, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez in. Yep. You could. Um, it is that kind of – They just switched up which Rodriguez they put in. Yeah. and, and But the kind of tough girl who fixes her own car and stuff. But you get the – like, she's an engineer – and she's good at her job. There's a point at which um, but Kurt Russell's character really like praises her to the BP executives for all the work she's done getting the rig stable and all the engineering work that she's done. She's they don't I don't think they do too bad a job of that. Because it's a real story, they don't write in a fake romance with anyone on the crew or anything like that. Although what her real guy- romance was pretty um un uh, they introduce her trying to get her car started and her boyfriend says to her, oh, you always overestimate your mechanic skills. And you're like, dude, she's clearly really good at her job. Yeah. That was a really strange undercutting moment. Yeah, but it's so what would happen. I know. Um, It seems so real. Uh, So that just felt felt quite real. But also she – It does feel real, but it's also really really unpleasant. Things like that happen to her and she just ignores them and keeps going on. Like she arrives on the the rig and this guy says, have you broken up with that guy yet? And she just completely ignores him. Just she's like, I. She has no time for this bullshit, and she just moves on and does her job. I do think it's telling though that we don't see a reunion between her and the idiot boyfriend yeah. in the movie. Um, well, yeah, because yeah. she's like, um, actually, I'm really good at my job, and also I've stayed until the end to make sure that everyone got off safely. So go f- yourself, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just that was really unpleasant. But um, but the scene where they. His big heroic moment saving her life twice in the span of like two minutes, because um, then in the water yeah. she he has to save her as well. 
really, really irritating. And he throws her off without her consent and just like the whole thing yeah. is just really kind of like, well, this is what you're going to do. It, undercuts it doesn't give her a chance to, like, at least he could have saved her by talking her into jumping it, uh, it off instead undercuts of throwing her off. The character they've developed and also the real woman who really did jump for her own life yeah. after saving everybody, like, well, after saving as many people as she could. So it can't, it, that was kind of annoying. Um, but and also, it's something that they could easily circumvent. They don't have to make her the person that's doing well, that. Well, they could have reversed that really easily. She could have been like, she could have been the one to figure out that to jump from a greater height would have been the better option. I don't think so. There's no, I don't think there's any way that they could have gotten Marky Mark to do, to play the damsel role in that situation. Right. I think it would have been much easier to just have her and he, like the two of them and Dylan O'Brien go up there yep. and have Dylan O'Brien be the one to have Freaks her meltdown. Yeah. That would have been the easiest way, I think, to circumvent that problem yep. would be to have him go up there and they talk him into jumping off. And the two of them, mm. because she was a person who really jumped off herself, have the two of them jump off, right? And have, or like throw him off or talk him into, get, into yeah. jumping off himself. And, and then she hits her head when she's going down and then Marky Mark has to save her. Yep. That would not be a problem for me as long as the thing that before that didn't happen, because at least she would have had mm. the agency in jumping off. So those, that moment and the American flag moment really made me cranky because I was like, you have done Peter Berg did so well and this movie is better than those moments it is it is mm. I mean movies like Independence Day and those sorts of movies they have their place right like uh you know when we see those movies and San Andreas and stuff like that the the cheese level kind of supports those ridiculous moments yeah but this movie there's no cheese level it doesn't support those moments no because you, it's meant to be don't need telling a truth right exactly it's not it's meant to be based on something real so it's meant it, it and it does I think for, you know, like 90% of the movie, give a really true experience, not necessarily exactly factual as it happened, but a very true experience of and what this thing was like. And the characters and the real people so much more than doing those cheesy things does. Mm. Um, there's this thing about like the fact that Kurt Russell was in the shower when it happened is mm. so kind of – there's such an impact there. Well, you know? yeah, because you come back to him and he's badly injured, he's butt naked – and he he can't – he's got glass in his feet, but he's also – his eye is swollen shut, so he's having trouble seeing. And he's got glass in his feet, so he has to pull the glass out of his feet so that he can walk anywhere. But he also has the to – die hard bit. Yeah, and he also has to find his way to it like a, a, a boiler suit because he is butt-ass naked because he was in the shower. And I think he also does that too um, when he pulls the glass out of his foot. Putting it in a boot is then the next best thing that he can do to try to hold the yeah yeah well no I mean he well again it's that basic safety that they're all trained in like get in get in your brightly coloured suit because everyone can see you put on your proper boots because you are on on the rig but I no it, but it's also um if you hurt your foot a lot of the time putting it in a shoe will then help it yeah, like, of course. seal and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, of So course. I thought that was part of why he put yeah. the sh – because you see him very specifically putting the shoe yeah. on first. But also if he knows there's glass in his room, there's probably glass in other places and he's got to get off the rig. He knows yeah. that. Um, but also, but that, I, that, there was something so kind of truthful about him being in the shower and so unsettling about it. Yeah, um, well, because disaster also, happens when you're not expecting it, when you're vulnerable. There's some bits that are so grisly in this movie. Uh -huh. The There's a bit where there's – a guy who's broken his leg and the bone is stuck under a piece of metal uh -huh. that literally I had to close my eyes. Yeah. I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm not watching that. That is not something I need to see ever. Luckily, they do save his leg and it actually turns out okay. But there is a moment of like, they're like, don't look down, don't look down. And they have to pull the leg. Yeah. 
It's pretty gross. It's um, so like oh. that was a bit where, yeah, I just stopped looking and I was like, nope, nope. Yeah, nope, nope, but nope, again, nope, nope. It, it's kind of like it, it it gives a bit of truth to the situation. Like being, oh, it absolutely ca- being caught does. in the shower, being caught with a bit of you know your bone under a bit of metal. You don't you can't make that shit up. It's and there's know. such visceral kind of the explosions are so visceral and everybody gets thrown into things and it's so mm. much more. That's the thing is that it doesn't Hollywood those moments up. It just seems really real and it's so it's such a gut punch when that explosion happens yeah. and you see all of the explosion things. There were a couple of shots that I thought were not good that seemed like real shots of um, like the pumps filling up and things like that, that you're not sure what they signify at the moment that they happen. It's not till afterwards you figure out what they are. Yeah, um, when they do the first the pressure tests and I stuff. I get the idea mm-hmm. of realism in these movies, but actually showing the real shots actually kind of downgrades that to me a little bit yeah. because um, we don't have the capacity to understand what they're showing us, especially if they throw it into filmic shots that that are happening that, that are there to explain to the audience what's happening. So, like... I don't think that worked very well. I think they could have just left those shots out and it would have been clearer because then I was trying to figure out what was happening in those yeah. bits. Well, it was almost, yeah, it would have been easier just to watch the monitors, which is what they have. So, yeah. No, I, I don't mind the shots. Like, there's something really eerie about shooting underwater and shooting something yeah. and that when goes there's down like, and, and something pops underneath and you just see a bubble go up and then there's yeah, more Yeah, they do that way and... too many times yeah. as well. Um, but there is something very eerie about shooting underwater mm. that I think lends itself. They open with that too. And it works yeah. very well. To, it's so creepy. Um, and that's great. But I, I do think that they kind of overused inside the pipe kind of yeah. like shooting to show mm. us what there was, was happening. There was one really good one where Gina Rodriguez is trying to close off the pipe that she'd want to close off. She wanted to close it off like, you know, a few minutes before, but the other guy would No, wouldn't. it ends up um, it's um, Kurt Russell who actually presses the button right, to do it. Right, because she wanted to do it. She knew that was what they needed to do. The other guy was there, but Kurt Russell wasn't there yet. And the other guy said, no, hold off. I don't have the authority to do that. So she has to wait till Kurt Russell arrives. And because he arri- when he arrives, it's too late and it can't close properly. I have the feeling that it wouldn't have closed properly when she tried to do it either. But It's possible. Yeah. But she knew the right thing to yeah, do anyway. Yeah, but it, is all, it, it does help that feeling of cascading disaster. Yeah. Like the fact that... There's been this delay and that delay in, in getting it there. Just Plus, it's really interesting to watch a movie where all of their attempts just don't work. Yeah. There's no heroic moment of their attempts working. No, it's going. It just they fails and fails and fails. And they have to abandon ship and they have to they have to go and leave their colleagues who haven't made it. They're yeah. Just, those, those men have died and they can't do anything about it. They have to get that. That ship has to move out of the way because the water is on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is really kind of, there is something great about watching. I mean, not great in the case that this really happened and that's awful but it gives you a much better sense of how awful it is to have actually mm. happened and to have been there but yeah yep. it is good to just have a movie where you don't have to be like this is the heroic moment where they save everybody nobody gets that moment there isn't that moment it doesn't exist yeah it, it walked an interesting line i think with um it was obviously on the side of the guys who worked out there and obviously on the side of these big oil companies of causing these environmental disasters but it was also very like it walked the line of being really respectful of like these working class white men which is what like is a really difficult line to walk do you so know it was what an interest- I- it's an interesting film for our times i have yeah. to say do you know who i um whose reaction i wanted to see like while i was watching the movie i was thinking about 
like has Mark Ruffalo seen this movie <laughs> mm. a lot of the time because I was like I feel like this is what he's talking about a lot of the time. Um, but it yeah. is, it is, and, and but it all it um quite viscerally gives you a a picture of these big companies that just have no idea what at the coal face, genuinely at the coal face, what it is like for its workers. Um, and it also and there was a big disaster. There's a scene where the the boat that sits up just offshore from them, which is obviously like their helper boat, I guess. Um, it was there for a reason. Anyway. It was there to take the mud away. And they were like, why is the boat here to take the mud away when you haven't finished doing the tests? Yeah. That was one of the clues yeah. that they had to realize yeah. that something so, had gone wrong. But there's a scene where like this pelican covered in oil flies. That was so upsetting. And it was incredibly so upsetting. Because the penguin, the pelican is covered in oil and is obviously very distressed, but it flies into the boat and there's nowhere for it to exit. So it bounces off all, it flies into all these windows and ends up like knocking itself out. Oh, it was so upsetting. It was very upsetting. But it that was like one little scene that captured the whole disaster that came after because afterwards it was the biggest oil spill in history and thousands and thousands of dead birds and fish and all the I rest of it. I kind of understand this and it movie was, not going into that yeah, because Oh no, it perf- but that it didn't need to. Yeah. It had this one scene that captured it. But it's also like we've seen that movie. Like we've seen it's a documentary, stuff, yeah. Yeah, we've seen the stuff that happens after, right? We see it all the time, and that's I think it dominates more of the news than the actual event does. Oh, well, um, the eleven people who di- who didn't make it off that right, week. and like what it was like to actually be in this explosion, and um, and, all, and, and the whole thing of why it happens as well, like how many people are involved in in a disaster happening. Yeah, although I think it does build up the heroism of Mark Wahlberg's character a little too much at the beginning when it's like he doesn't actually drill the oil; he just you know like build uh, they you know they make sure it's search for stuff. the oil and they make sure it's there and then they then people. But at the same time, you're like, yeah. yeah, but you're still in you're still supporting this industry that is not good. Um, well, it's almost like them. He's like making it worse because they're finding new places to drill. Instead of just like tapping out, out old ones, so they're just making more of the world dug up and gross. I don't think he. I think they direct him to places to drill, and then he yeah. looks for the right area. But yeah, yeah it, it is. He is supporting and the oil industry that right, like an industry that is dangerous. Um, so yeah, I think that's a little old, oversold. But then again, yeah. the home scenes are so kind of like they're building up this loving relationship, but it's not too much. Yeah, it's not like saccharin or anything no it's quite nicely done actually even and there's a bit where they um on the way to work he's got to stop although them. the foreshadowing man yeah well this I, movie just slaps you right over the head with its, all its subtlety and yeah and they, there's a bit where like on the way to work he's driving in this he's got this stupid enormous truck and he's got to stop for gas on the way because like his truck guzzles so much of it mm. and and yeah totally subtle there well the wife uh, even makes a comment talks about, about drive to work buy gas Drive to work by gas again. Like, yeah, it's all very silly. Yes, exactly. Um, that and it kind also of stuff. shows the really lo- – like, he's got this really long drive as well, which is very American too. Like, having a stupid, enormous truck that guzzles all this petrol and then also having a really long drive to work. Yeah, it is um, – it's not subtle, but it's also kind of damning with very faint condemnation of, of yes. what's going on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I get what they're doing. They're setting up this character, but – there were things that I mean. There's such a lack of subtlety. There's this bit about magenta tie yep. before it happens. Like there's so many. Oh, and then the bird hits the helicopter. There's so many omens and things, yeah. and you're like, oh god. 
Um, I was much happier once they actually got to the oil rig and they started the actual kind of yeah. story because that was so stupidly built up. Mm. Her car won't start and everything is just like, don't yeah. go to work today. Um, I didn't like that so much. But yeah, again, that's that kind of Independence Day stuff. You know, it's that mm. really unsubtle um, imagery and storytelling that is doesn't seem to have a place in this movie, I don't think. Mm. But yeah, overall, I thought it was good. Yeah, me too. Do you want to give it a rating? I do. Three and a half stars. That's exactly the rating I was going to give it. Three and a half stars. It is, by the way, the best movie we've seen in a while. There's not been much that's gotten a good rating from me in a while. So Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed The Little Prince, but other than that, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I liked Kubo a lot, but that was weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway. Um, I know in my on my book, it's uh, there hasn't been a three and a half star movie for a while. How in many my... weeks till Rogue One? I know. Well, yeah. It's like um, eight or ten weeks away. Um, yep. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read the show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Deepwater Horizon and all the other movies she's been watching, they're on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens at screen underscore queens on Twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.